This week in Greater Boston, seriously, what's the fucking deal with the guinea pigs? Part 1. The lottery had ended in disaster. Autumn had filed for divorce. In a moment of desperation, Oliver had kidnapped a man and very nearly killed him. The rain of incomprehensible pneumatic messages on the night of the election proved that hadn't gone exactly as planned. Tate was still alive, though seemingly not in his right mind. He supposed he should be angry with Phil about that, for defying, or at least willfully misinterpreting, Oliver's instructions. Tate was a problem, a witness, another failure in a string of failures. But still, he felt some relief at not adding murder to his criminalis vitae, or Phil's. Oh, now you feel bad about it, do you? I hope you don't think failing absolves you of having tried. Ahem. Third sight, his one solid bit of empire was completely lost. He had been chased out of his bunker, now finding himself holed up at Wonderland with a robot-building lunatic. His whole plan for Bespin had been co-opted by these strange people, this legion, but for their own reasons. What reasons? And now... Now... You must believe events are favoring you, don't you, Mr. Stomatis? Me? Despite the valuable asset I still possess, my victorious mayor, who owes everything to me. You believe you've seen me at my nadir, and perhaps that is true. But you must understand that this moment is the prelude to glory, to conquest. I own the mayor, Mr. Stomatis, and through her, I own the city. I doubt she sees it that way. I may not be able to hear you, Mr. Stomatis, but I have sense enough to know when you are near, and I know you well enough to anticipate your thoughts. You don't know me. Ah, excuse me for a moment, if you will. Philip. Hey, Uncle Ollie. Just thought I'd check in and see how you're doing. <laughs> I thought you might be calling to congratulate me. On what? On what? <laughs> On the election, Philip. You are aware that Emily was victorious? Uh, you know me, Uncle Ollie. I don't really follow politics. <laughs> yes. Well, in any case, you've no need for concern as to my well-being. Circumstances are correcting course swimmingly. With Emily now in place, our path back into the halls of power will be illuminated shortly. It is just a matter of patience. Well, I'm glad you're not alone, at least. <laughs> I rather wish I were, to be perfectly candid. This Ethan fellow is a bit... eccentric. Eccentric? Sure. Hmm, and how are you faring in your own tactical hermitage? I mean, you know, it's hard. I'm mostly just rewatching all of Star Trek from the beginning. Just finished Voyager and started in on Hidden Frontier, but I miss, you know, people. Mm, people are contentious things. You're as well off without them as with. Sure. Speaking of people that we'd be as well off without, I couldn't help noticing that Michael Tate appears to be in good health and enjoying his access to the pneumatic tube. Right. I've been, uh, taking care of him. 
like you said. Yes. I suppose I did say that, didn't I? Well, I just want to be clear that... Uh, I appreciate the way that you took initiative in interpreting my orders. Your... your decision was sound. <sighs> Glad to hear that, Uncle Ollie. I really am. So while you're deciding not to be mad at me for my decisions, I should tell you that I spoke to Aunt Autumn. That's rather unwise at this time, Philip. And she said you haven't been in touch at all. Not even a letter in the tubes. And I get why you don't want to talk to Aunt Autumn right now, but Ada still wants to hear from you. I know what that means to him, Uncle Ollie. You can't let that go. I appreciate the assistance that you've given me in my many endeavors, Philip. I'm, I'm uncertain that I've sufficiently expressed my gratitude for your efforts and your companionship. Your family, Uncle Ollie. I understand that the prudent reclusivity that our current circumstances necessitate doesn't suit your usual proclivities. But this will pass, I assure you. With our newfound influence over the municipal seat of power we will be able to redirect investigations into the lottery to our benefit just as soon as the mayoral transition is complete. I will ensure your well-being, Philip. I hope that is clear. I will not allow you to come to harm. I know. And toward that end, I really ought to return to my nefarious scheming. But please, remain cautious. And concealed. I will. Talk to you later, Uncle Ollie. He sounds happy. Oh, the faith that my nephew has in me is quite moving. Wouldn't you agree? No. He understands that there is a process. That I have my ways of turning dire circumstances to my advantage. It's time I allowed you to know me a little better. So that you will understand... The magnitude of my perseverance. My capacity to overcome adversity. Shall I tell you my story? I don't see how I could stop you. I wasn't always the portrait of success you saw when we first met. I grew up in a modest house, sharing a bedroom with my brother Norbert. You don't need to tell me. As soon as you think about it, I know it. I could tell it myself. That's basically my job. Hmm, yes, you you wouldn't know, Norbert. He departed this mortal coil quite some years ago. But we'll come to that. Okay, fine. I didn't resent the humility of our home at the time, but worried that even that small domicile might only be temporary. I did not achieve my wealth through inheritance. I could have... My grandparents did quite well for themselves. My father's relationship with success, however, could best be described as mutually exclusive. He spent a year as a door-to-door -door salesman for a knife company that required salesmen to purchase any stock they couldn't sell. Confident that he could easily sell 100 knife sets in a year, he filled our back closet with his stock. He sold 14. The company had a unique bonus system. The top salesman each week had a chance to take home a $100 bill. The bill was taped to the ceiling. All you had to do 
was leap high enough to pull it down. My father spoke so enviously of the men he watched, fruitlessly jumping up and down, while their employer laughed and cheered them on. He was eager for his chance to try. Norbert and I spent our teen years watching our father burn his way through the last of our grandparents' money. We squirreled away what we could, stealing cash from father's pockets while he slept, to supplement our own meager retail incomes. We swore that we would never leave our own children in such desperation, so degraded as to pickpocket their own fathers just to buy a can of beans, a loaf of bread. And they have not. Neither Ada nor Philip have ever known a day of hunger, a day of worry for the provenance of their meal. But Norbert... Well, Norbert is gone. My brother and companion. And so it falls to me to assure the well-being of both our sons. That is what I have done. That is what I am doing. We hope you're enjoying Greater Boston as much as we enjoy making it. With the new year coming, we hope you will consider helping us to keep making Greater Boston by contributing to our Patreon, if you're able. These funds help us to pay our amazing actors and musicians, to upgrade our equipment, and to keep the show sustainable. Even as little as $1 a month is a tremendous help. And in exchange, you can get great rewards, like early access to every episode, Discord voice chats with the creators, and even a monthly tour of one of the stops in Redline. And if you can't donate, you can still help us out by telling a friend about Greater Boston. Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Andreessen, with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This episode featured Mike Linden as Oliver West, Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, and Michael Melia as Philip West. Drums by Jim Johansson. So you need to always refer to him as Uncle Ollie. Alexander <laughs> <laughs> does this thing, and I've pointed out to him before, where he hasn't really like, used their names a lot, and I've been like, you know, people don't always do that. Yeah, it's... It's an odd choice. Go ahead, now you have to read the rest with a straight face. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. One foot after another. That's all I can do. That's all any of us can do. in the war. Neural implants let me control trucks, drones, whatever you got. Now I'm back and all these government-issued prosthetics are falling apart. What the hell are you doing in my barn? I'm just looking for a little power, and then I'll be on my way. That'll be Arlen Frey. He must have seen you on the drone feeds. Who is he? The meanest son of a bitch with a badge. Broken Road. A dystopian audio drama coming Monday, July 25th, 2022 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you like to listen. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Broken Road Pod. Learn more at www.recursor.tv forward slash Broken Road. <laughs>